So you're a fan of Atlanta United. And you just can't possibly understand how we finished sixth last year. Or maybe you just don't get how we conceded 53 goals and you want to know if it's going to happen again. Was it Parata and Miles Robinson? Nope. Gone. Sadich and Josetu? Nope. Gone. How about Miguel Berry? (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe it was Pineda's tactics. Double pivot, airplanes, pinching in, absolutely shambolic. I'm Mikey Dobbs. I'm David Katz. I'm Carmen Butler. And And we're we're going to talk about it all. Because this is the ATL on Fire podcast show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of ATL on Fire, the podcast where we talk all things Atlanta United and all things soccer. And as always, I'm joined by Dave Katz and Carmen Butler. How are y'all doing this fine Sunday afternoon? Great. Season six rolling on. Yeah. Hard to believe. (laughs) Um so, uh, yeah, we're, we're doing a, more of a, a daytime podcast, which I uh, appreciate you guys coming over. That way you can maybe do a movie night later tonight with the, the family. But, uh, yeah, we, we've got a new season to talk about, and uh, we, we have a loss, which, you know, again, wasn't unexpected uh, against Columbus. We'll get into that. We may talk about uh, some of the other league activity, including Inter-Miami, who kicked mm-hmm. this season off for MLS. Yep. Uh, and just, you know, thoughts in general, um, not a lot deviating in terms of where we are as a podcast in, in our hope. If you follow us on Twitter, uh, again, we try to be analytical with the way that we are, uh, also fans and trying to be optimistic of what we want from this team. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what we're seeing in game one and what we, we expect throughout the season. Um, Dave, other thoughts? Uh, you brought us a, a lovely wine here. Mm-hmm. So this is a Kunde. Um, it's a Sonoma Cabernet. It's really excellent. You know what it reminds me of, Mikey Dobbs? No, tell me. It reminds me of the Wolf Mountain Vineyard Claret that we had, oh. <laughs> which is thank you to our sponsor, Wolf Mountain Vineyards. Um, but it actually does remind me quite a bit of that. This is yeah. a fantastic wine. Yeah, that's a nice one. Thank you for bringing that. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to uh, see if we can rotate in some Wolf Mountain wine here when we, we move forward. Also want to thank our other sponsor, uh, Wild Heaven, where if you're looking to have a glass of Wolf Mountain wine, they are serving a lot of Georgia wines, but particularly Wolf Mountain Vineyard. Yeah. We'd highly recommend giving that a taste or going up to their vineyards in Dahlonega. Oh, yeah. As the weather warms up, we'll have to podcast again from the brewery. Yeah. And can I tell you what the highlight of my last couple months was? Went to Wild Heaven Brewery, went to order some great wine yeah. uh, from Wolf Mountain. Yeah. And the person behind the um, counter, when I ordered, he's like, do you want me to put it on uh, Mike's tab? I didn't even know <laughs> Mike was there. <laughs> he just recognized my voice yeah. and knew I was Hayden, connected to Hayden you. Hayden is on top of it. Yeah. Yes. ATL on fire yes. podcast tab. But yes, but I was there on a Friday for Don't a happy tell the fun. audience about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good time had. Uh, yep. All right. So yeah, we got some good wine here as we get going. Again, I am fired up. Uh, a, a little bit of energy doing this in the middle of the day. Um, again, it's really tough doing a podcast on Atlanta United, Dave. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, it's not going to be that tough. You don't think so? No, I'm a little <laughs> bit more optimistic. Oh, I like okay. it. I like this. Optimistic in terms of where we're going to finish uh, at, at the end of the season in the East? 
Mm, I mean, we, we could go. We, we can return to our predictions in a minute. Okay. But I think the optimism starts with the starting lineup. Yeah, I we have a fantastic talent in our starting lineup. Yeah, so very worried about our depth, though. You want to run through it? Yeah, go ahead. Who did we start in this Columbus game? Because I, I think certainly an upgrade as you and I were texting back and forth over the lineup that we saw in the last playoff Columbus game uh, to end 2023. Yeah. So. so if we start in the back, you know, we were wondering whether it was going to be Guzan or Cohen. Um, Guzan gets the nod. What do you think? Uh, I think we predicted that. I predicted that. Yep. I, again, would have rather seen Cohen in there. Even if they're on par in terms of performance at preseason, at some point as a head coach, you have to hedge your bets, right? You have to make a difficult, strong decision on what's best for the club moving forward, Dave. Mm-hmm. Even if it means Cohen is going to make some mistakes early on. We know Guzan's going to make some mistakes early on. He's lost a step. I'd rather give the overall commitment to Cohen, if he's proved at practice at this point, that he's at least deserved of a chance to be the starter and who we're going to lean on in terms of the future. Yeah, I'm okay, you know, on the road in the very first game at Columbus, the reigning champions. I'm okay with Guzan starting. You get, you don't have the jitters that Cohen might have, yeah. you know, whatever. But if that would be you know, basically a prelude to then the first game at home, you start Cohen and then you say, yeah. all right, look, I'm going to, I'm going to establish right from the beginning that I'm going to have a competition that we're each going to get a chance, et cetera. Do you think that's going to happen? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I th- that's going to happen. Never. I, don't. I don't think so. I mean, Pineda, you know, I mean, for, for, for better or worse, he's not a tinkerer, right? I mean, yeah. he, he, you know, he doesn't, play around with it he doesn't have a different lineup on the road than he does at home you know sometimes coaches will develop two different you know systems almost or two different slight versions of the tactics one for being on the road one for being at home yeah Um, that doesn't seem to be Pineda and there's good things and bad things about that yeah Um, but as a as a overall team where we we have a wonderful starting lineup on paper anyway uh, I feel like we need some tinkering as things move forward here early on. Well, to let's keep out. going. Let's, right, go let's keep, so let's we keep got, going out of the, the back. back line is Wiley uh-huh. and Lennon. Williams. Okay, that yeah. was a big surprise over, Par- over uh, Barata's gone, but over Abram, right? And then we have Steen Gregerson. Yeah. Right. The, the Norwegian. New, the over, Norwegian wonder. Over Miles Robinson, who's now a designated player. So he's getting designated player money. I don't know if you yeah, saw that. Cincinnati. But okay. we but we weren't willing to give that to Miles, by the way. Yeah. Okay. And then Lennon at right back. So okay, what do you think of the back line to begin with. I mean, we knew Steen had to start because yeah. we had to have somebody, right? But uh, the, the, the big surprise there was probably Williams beating out Abram, at least on opening day. Yeah, sure. Uh, but again, as, as you and I have said, you know, Abram may be serviceable as a, as a backup, but we weren't overly impressed with him as being a starter last year. No, but, you know, the thing about Williams is that Williams hasn't really been that impressive in MLS either. Right. So, (laughs) and we can talk about what we thought about him during the game, but yeah. um, So there's our back line. Yep. Uh, And then in front, you were wrong. You thought also Pineda was going to be in the midfield. You mean center midfield Our six. Yes. In front of the back line, in front of the back line. Gotcha. uh, We had kind of a heated debate because you thought Pineda would be even so stubborn to be conservative on game one, not long-term, 
I think yep. you would agree long-term Sleece is our guy. No, I thought but, he was going to be stubborn and just play with Dax McCarty for a while. Yeah. Um, but I, to be fair to me, I said that was crazy. You got to <laughs> yeah, start crazy. Sleece. Yeah, because so Tommy, who joined our last podcast, was saying you're crazy. I agree that you were crazy. <laughs> so we all agree that at least Pineda got that All right. of us wanted the same decision. We just disagreed about whether Pineda would get that decision. Correct. So but I he got that. Wrong. But Pineda did get that right. Correct. Okay. So, so we started with Sleaze and Miyumba yeah. in the center midfield and also with Almada. Yep. That was the three guys in the center. Nothing nothing unexpected there. So so far the lineup is exactly I mean the lineup was exactly what I thought it was going to be. And we'll talk in a minute about the Miyumba Sleaze uh, you know partnership, but Already, you look at that lineup and you say, talent-wise, we started, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen of the podcast listeners, right? We started in Columbus with Fortune and Husetu. Now, part of that was due to the fact that Almada was suspended for the first game, the yeah. craziness that was him playing in that last game at Cincinnati and getting sent off when right. he never should have been on the field, mm-hmm. uh, which we called ahead of time. He never should have been on the field. Anyway, um, yeah, but so part of it was that. But at the end of the, at the, end of the day, we started with Fortune Josetu, right? In, in the last and Muyamba yeah. as the as the center midfield. And we got absolutely killed by Aiden Morris and Nagby in right. that game. By a way, yeah. you know. so, so just to complete the lineup for this game, yep. uh, yesterday we had Silva out on the left as a forward, Saab out on the right, and then Yakamaki's up front. Correct. So that rounds things out. And that's so, what, what we were basically, that was towards... After the 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 window in the middle of last year, that was our yeah. settled front three the whole time, basically. So yeah, essentially what we expected. Uh, we we feel like Cohen would have better, been a better goalie choice to yeah. kick things off. But that's the only. But a, but an upgrade, right? Versus the playoff lineup. Oh, for sure. Well, upgrade in midfield. Okay. For sure. The question is: Is it an upgrade over Miles Robinson and um, Abram? Don't okay. know. Okay. Right. Again, the jury was out. We can talk about after so do you this wanna, game. Do you want to just jump into that? Because I, yeah. I, I think you do a better job of of eyeballing that. I found particularly hard to watch that game. There's a bad shadow in the yes. stadium, which made the game very difficult to to watch and, and really focus on. So that was that was tough because I was in an outside environment too, which was adding glare. So all in all, what was your what was your take on our center backs? Um, so I was really impressed with Steen Gregerson. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple of things. So first of all, outside of maybe the first opening three to five minutes of the game where I thought he was a little hesitant, understandably first match in Atlanta United mm-hmm. uniform. Um, he actually seemed, you know, I was worried, you know, I'm always talking about how you got to get up and challenge and make things hard for people, right? And one of the things that kept happening to us, particularly with Abram last year, is he just kept dropping deeper and deeper and deeper. And yeah. Parata did some of that too. And Robinson got more frustrated. Eventually, he started stepping up, but he would then become over-aggressive stepping up because he was so pissed off that nobody was protecting the back four. And, yeah. and anyway... Um, Steen actually, so first of all, two things. One, reading the game, he was moving around, he was looking, you know, and um, and also as the game wore on, he was not hesitant at all to step up. So okay. that's one thing. And then the second thing is he was quite pacey, you know, on the on the penalty kick that he gave up, right. which was not his fault at all. He made up ground like you wouldn't believe to come and make that play. And then there was one late in the game, 
Um, I can't remember who it was for Columbus, whether it was Cucho or whether it was um, somebody else. But he actually just balled and caught, you know, ran, you know, side by side. I think it was with Cucho and muscled him off the ball. Maybe maybe Matan. I can't remember who it was. But made an amazing one-on-one play. So he's got pace. He's not afraid to to muscle a little bit. And he's looking around, including... You know, we, we talked about this on the preview, Carmen, right? That I said he has this reputation of being really smart and reading the game. And I said, that's good and bad, right? Great, because that's awesome. Right? But, <laughs> that's you know, good. but bad in that, you know, our defensive tactics is so crazy that I was like, maybe you get frustrated. And already in the first half, there was a play. When Lennon is pinched so far in, he's pointing like... <laughs> What the hell are you doing? Yeah, and then he actually ran outside of you've, Lennon to go get that guy. You've got to, really? you've got to get me the minute marker on I Apple mean, TV to see this because I, see that I really want to see because <laughs> there were so many other moments where I'm like Miles is like literally bumping shoulders with him. I wonder what he's thinking right now. Let's see if I wrote down the minute. 23rd minute, Steen furiously pointing outside of Lennon at the wide open player and then goes outside of Lennon to defend. And we almost give up a goal because he was late getting out there right. and they played it in behind him. So it was a shambolic decision in the end. But it was, you can't, it's hard to blame him because you're like, he's like, dude, why are we not marking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it took him 23 minutes, folks, to, to already show a little bit of frustration with the tactics. And we're going to get to it in a minute, but... You know, the thing about we, you know, going into this game, I was looking for two things, right? And we'll get to the other one in a minute. But the first thing I was looking for is, are we going to continue to pinch in? Are we going to continue to have airplanes, airplanes. bombing down the side? And remind listeners, airplanes is Wiley and Lennon pushing up aggressively into space that we already have really good attackers, Silva and Saba, doing too much of that and overbalancing particularly two of them at the same time is our idea of what we call airplanes. I think two at the same time and doing it automatically, regardless of the situation, both just as soon as we win the ball. Yeah, because we're not saying you don't want Wiley up there overlapping Silva at times. Like, of course you do. Absolutely, we want them going forward. I mean, there's no question that those guys have strengths going forward and they absolutely should be going forward. My point has been that they shouldn't really be going forward at the same time and they shouldn't be going forward just automatically and they shouldn't be going forward so early that they end up standing around and not timing it well. Right. And remind me, did we get away from the airplanes towards the end of last year? Like, I felt like we weren't a little little bit, bit, just a little bit. A little more balanced. A little more balanced. balanced. Okay. Maybe. And so did you, were you looking for this, Mikey Dows? Did you, and Carmen, did, did you see? I didn't look for the airplanes as much as I did the pinching. Yeah. Uh, again, I said it was hard. It was kind of hard to watch the game in the environment I was in. Uh, <laughs> Mikey Dows is at a party, people. Yeah. <laughs> it was in amongst the people, relating to people on a, on a cerebral level. Yes, I was, I was, I was in my fan mode versus my <laughs> analytical mode, but I was still uh-huh. was watching for the pinching more than the airplane. So what did you see there? Um, the answer is we didn't really seem to have airplanes. Okay. So um, Wiley went forward a couple of times, and in those yeah. moments it looked like um, Lennon was back of the moment part. I really only noted one time when I thought both of them was forward, and when it's one time you say that's just in the run of a play, yeah. mm-hmm. it's not like it's an automatic thing. So right. I think um, I think that we have come, gone away from the airplanes. Come to think of it, actually I'm having a little thought, but I remember like being like, is Lennon staying back? <laughs> And the answer was yes, he okay. was staying back. Not only was he staying back, but when we were back, and this is something else that I was saying, like, look, if you're going to have three staying back, when one guy goes forward, then the three should shift over a little bit to be like, 
a, a, an organized three across mm. the middle. So in this case, let's say if Wiley is forward, right, then Williams moves a little bit out, is almost like a left center back. Stian becomes a true center back, and Lennon becomes a right center back. They play three across the middle yeah. to start out with, yeah. right? Because that's how you're balanced. And then depending on the play, you know, yeah. then you can go from there. And that's what they were doing. Yeah. They, they actually looked like a couple of times, not only did they have three back, but they were more shifted over. So it was like, hey. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, anything else on Gregerson? Or do you want to shift to uh, any sort of opinion on Derek Williams? Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll, I think maybe after we, we go through the highlights of the first goal, I want to maybe look at the highlights that we gave up the penalty kick because yeah. I don't know what in the world Williams was doing on that. And so maybe Carmen can get that up for, for a little okay. bit later. But I, for now, I think, so overall, I was not that impressed with Williams. Okay. Two, twofold. One, um, he didn't really, so he did seem to be aggressive. I like that. And he was coming out a number of times and trying to actually win whatever ball. But it was a little bit late. Um, he didn't seem to be really reading it yeah. um, that well. And he was caught a number of times just in no man's land where he wasn't really all the way there and he wasn't all the way back. And okay. that's the worst. Well, I'm going to let Carmen queue up the first goal as we talk a little bit more. But what was your first impression of Bartosz Schlies? Bartosz Schlies looked to me um, terrific. Um, so um, he was composed on the ball. I know, you know, people might out there maybe be shouting. He gave it away, especially at the end of the game. He seemed to tire a little bit, gave the way uh, gave the ball away a couple times badly. Yeah. But especially in the first half and in the beginning of the second half, he won a number of balls. And you can see that he is reading it. He was looking. A couple of times he dropped in between the center backs when it looked dangerous there. A couple of times he moved over. He intercepted a couple of passes. When's the last time right. you saw a defensive midfielder on our team intercept a pass, people? Um, <laughs> now, the interesting thing is that it was very clear that Muyamba and Sleaze were playing the, the dreaded double pivot, yeah. right? <laughs> so the dreaded double pivot means that in, they play side by side and they're supposed to take turns, you know. And, and you know, the first thought might be, look, Muyumba's a pretty good defender. Sleaze is a defensive midfielder. You're kind of playing two defensive midfielders, which Pineda has never done before. So then the obvious thing is to do a double pivot. And I would say no. And here's why. Because in my opinion, and I would like to hear, you know, maybe you can take me to task about it, but I think Muyamba is uh, an excellent defender, but not good defensively. Okay, and what I mean by that is he's all action, he gets in a tackle, he's really active, but his reading of the game and, you know, figuring out, you know, they were talking about on this game about how Nagmi never looks like he's sprinting around because yeah. he's always reading. He's always in the right spot, right? Yeah. He's doing and a little that bit is of, not Muyamba. Yeah. Nagmi does the messy. He walks into the space, you know, five seconds before he needs to be there. Yes. <laughs> and Muyamba is not that guy. Muyamba is like. Yeah. He's speeding around. Fleeting like, all around. And so to me it seems much more obvious to play them front back that Sleaze should be a true defensive midfielder with a free right. range to go anywhere left, right. And Muyumbo just plays a little bit in front of him as yeah. an all an action all and let, let Almada drift up to let almost him. be like a secondary to G. Right. He plays yeah. just in, uh, just, you know, really a free roll. Yeah. Free roll. Yeah. yeah. Drop back, play up, whatever. But yeah, then you got your all action Muyumbo 
who knows his role is is to be the flea in the midfield, right? So what I don't want is Muyamba coming back to be like, oh, I got to be in the double pivot, and him actually getting in the way of Slees intercepting balls because he's over yeah. there, and then Slees can't do it. Where I'd rather see is Slees always being ball side, right? Always reading it as the first guy because Muyamba then can have a little bit of license to go forward and do other things, be yeah. involved in the attack, be a uh, a bridge, if you will, between the back and the front. And then when we lose the ball, his all-action can either double-team or go seek out the weak side. So Sleaze is ball side trying to get on that first ball when you try to play it forward, slow their attack down, and then Muyamba's job is to recover weak side yeah. in the middle. So we're about to go to the first goal, but I also want to point out to the small bubble of Twitter comments that I get on, <laughs> on like, us, us it's not being, so small anymore. Right? Yeah, but but yeah, just the the fact that you know we we are harsh on Pineda and want to move on. True, mm-hmm. um, but it's not just based on on the fact that we've got poor results because we've got very average results given the talent and the investment that Atlanta United put forth. Um, but it's about what we're observing, Dave, and it's about what we're reserve, observing over and over again. And so as we get to the first goal, like if you go back and watch any of our YouTube videos and or listen to our podcast, this idea of pinching in has now it's, – it's become my curse. It's become <laughs> something that D- Dave pointed out to me, um, and I – you know, once I, you see it, you can't once, unsee you it. Can't. Once you, you see it, you can't unsee it. And, so true. And as someone who, uh, you know, played competitive soccer myself and was taught to pinch in, right? And I played the right back position many a time. Pinching in was something was ingrained in, in some of the coaching that I received. So, right. you've as you've said, that's fine at at certain levels of soccer. As you get to these elite, more elite levels, you have to close that space. You have to get up early, out wide, uh, and not give them a free pass as you've talked about so be there to maybe have a chance of intersection uh, interception be there to disrupt and maybe have a chance of a good tack or just slow things down or again like i said maybe in a position to foul them if it's a really good pass right good passes happen so the other thing that you can do by being closer to there and maybe carmen can go freeze it at the beginning of that play, yeah i, I think that's a good a little one. bit further ahead um back when the right back has the ball just freeze it okay. there um so I think this it? is the previous clip. Oh, okay. So just you can let it run a little bit. Yeah. So what I was going to say is that the other thing that you can do is by being a little bit closer to there, you can just prevent them from even taking that option. So right now, where we have it frozen, yeah. right? Um, Columbus has the ball in the right back, right? And Kucha Hernandez is standing right on the touchline, right out wide, right, and for. God only knows what reason Wiley is pinched in all the way in the middle. The ball is on his side. It's ball side. So if he's standing out there next to Cucho, right, what is what is that guy going to do? He's going to turn around and play it to his goalkeeper and recycle it. Yeah. He won't even try. Yeah, and I mean, literally, if he passes it to Cucho right now, which he doesn't, right. it's a very dangerous situation given, yes. given it's their best player. Very creative. He's gonna. There's gonna be pressure put on us. So why he's not out there to disrupt it is beyond us. Um, and then and who's standing right next to him to what to Wiley, right? So there is yeah. a guy. So they're they're playing. It almost looks like so they have one, two, three, four, five, six across the front line, right? So yeah. Columbus does, right? There's six players up top. So you yeah. might be like, well, that's why he's there because he's overbalanced. But look who's standing next to Wiley. Right in the center of the it's pitch, Moyamba with the orange shoes. 
Can't see. No, Miyama's in, in the orange shoes in the middle, but the guy right there that Carmen's pointing out, the pointer, right? That's Williams. Yeah, that's right. Williams. That's the left center back, right? right? So now you might say, and this I think is exactly what Pineda would say, I don't ever want to be 2v2 in the center of the park, right? And I'm like, why not? Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. so not only is she, first of all, you're not just absolutely 2v2 in the center of the park because you can have a defensive midfielder just protecting that, right? But right now, what should happen... It's, it's a lot better than being 0v0 zero zero against Cucho. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, right? I mean, because right now, you've made it so easy for their right back to play forward, right? He can find Cucho, right? So right now, what should happen is Wiley should be, since it's ball side, right? Wiley should be literally holding Cucho's shirt. Right, he should be close enough where he's like can grab his jersey and be like, okay, what are you gonna do about yeah. it? Right? It's ball side. And then what Williams should be doing is Williams should be close to that center guy who, who the front is, and I'm not sure who it is on Columbus in that case. Um, I think it's the guy who went off yeah. injured. Um and what's his name? And um but anyway, in any case, so if Williams was overmarking him then and maybe even a little bit past him so that he can cover, you know, you might say, all right, well, then what if they play in behind uh, behind Wiley? First of all, Wiley is fast enough to stay with Cucho, right? So in a foot race, when it's played in behind, he should be able to handle it. Yeah. Second of all, that's where your center back reads it. So if Williams is playing in the guy in the center, right, he can read off of that and he can come help with that. So if he tries to split that, right, why not Williams come cut that out? Now, Steon would then be with the guy who he's, in, who he's on, right? right? And then what should happen is Wiley, uh, sorry, Lennon, <laughs> if you look where Lennon is, Lennon has pinched all the way in. Who is he marking? He's marking one of their defensive, or one of their center midfielders, right? Instead of marking Eboa, who's way out wide on the other touchline, right? Who they're about to transition it to. Right. So what, in my opinion, what should happen here, so the reason why Saba or Sleaze is not marking the guy who Lennon's marking is because Lennon's there. So they're like, okay. You know, yeah. they were kept saying, well, Saba's not marking whatever. I have no problem there. I would rather see Lennon out further enough. Now, he shouldn't be over there, like, holding his right. jersey because it, the ball's on the opposite side of the field. But close enough... Where if they're stupid enough to try to play a 60-yard switch ball, right, that he's going to come and intercept yeah. it, right? But he's so pinched in, by the time that happens, he's got to be conservative. Yeah, so in my opinion, it should have been Muyamba on the guy who he's on, and I think Sleaze should be right there, um, you know, in the double pivot. Or in my case, if I were playing it the way I was playing it, Sleaze would be over there where Muyumba is, and Muyumba would be on the weak side, right, covering in. But it doesn't matter. Those two should be 2v2 versus their midfielders. Right. Right? You, you are, your, your whole thing starts with the philosophy of the center back should be uh, managing their own guys, which frees up these other options. Yeah, and actually, to be honest, the number of times that they have that many players forward where you're... Where yeah, it's you're, a line of six there, is, basically. Is, is not going to happen that often, right? But in my opinion, the outside backs for Atlanta United should primarily be responsible for the wingers of the yeah. other team, right? That's your number one job. And in the middle, the, reason, the way you play 3v2 is you play the two center backs and you play defensive midfielder just in front of it, Right, and that's three v two then instead of whatever. And I just would encourage everybody to go go back, watch the game, watch how many other times this pinching scenario occurs, 
how it is very easy to, again, play the ball out wide into open green space where zero chance for an interception. I love that. Zero chance for a tackle. Zero chance for a foul. Yeah, because the other thing you would say is, all right, you know, where's our vaunted pressing, right? So in this case, so Gigi's right in the middle, right? And you could say, all right, Gigi and Almada could be coming over there and pressing him and forcing him into a bad ball. If they come sprinting over, where is he going to play it? Right, if 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 Gigi Armada comes from the middle and presses it, where is he playing? Well, he's going to play to Cucho. He's going to play to Cucho. He's yeah. a wide open pass to Cucho. Yeah. I mean, and that press is totally useless. If they sprint the thirty yeah. yards over there, you cannot. I say this over and over and over. You cannot press if you don't match up in yeah. the back, and, and we don't match up in the back out well, wide, I, I, so you cannot press. I also want to point out. So, uh, Yakamaki's is is doing what I call kind of the the messaging to the rest of the team, right? So what, yep. he, what he's trying to do, I, I would imagine, Gigi, is actually tell everybody, pass it to Cucho. Yep. Because... He's trying to prevent him from switching the field. Yeah, he's trying to prevent it. He's trying it. to prevent it from him being able to, to square it, basically, or, yep. and have him recycle it through the back, right? Yep. So he's telling everybody else, get wide on Cucho, because that's where he's going to pass it. Right. And that also means, to your point, Lenny needs to be a little further out to make sure that that wide open green space in the back isn't totally available that he can, you know, disrupt it, which doesn't happen. So if you play this, right, you can see him play the ball out where again, Lennon and watch if, while the ball is in the air, watch Lennon. So usually on a 60 yard ball across kinda, from back to front, he should have plenty of time. Yeah. He kind of just eyeballs and pause it. it. Now you got right? 15 So he yards. just played a 60 yard yards. ball across the field. I mean, literally from, from, I don't know, 10 yards off the touchline on the right side or 10, 10 yards off the sideline on the right side to, what, five yards off the sideline on the left side? I mean, that is a yeah. suit. And he ballooned that ball. Yeah. It's not like he pinged it, right? And still, Lennon is a good 15 yards away from him. Yeah, he, right? he drops back and just watches it float over. And to be fair, at that point, once you're so tucked in, you know, Mikey Dobbs and I were talking about this ahead of the podcast. He's like, well, why isn't he working harder to get out there? I'm like, the problem is at that point, if you're so far in, if you come out there, you're just diving in. Well, right? He I, has a chance to go right by I also you. blame a little on Lennon there because that ball was so ballooned <laughs> yeah. that he could have gotten there had he been on his horse. Yeah. Or at least been a lot closer by the yeah, time I got there. Exactly. He doesn't yeah. need to be totally on top of him, but make him think a little bit and more. And so now this is an interesting thing, right? Because what's actually going to happen now is that Wiley takes a couple steps towards Yaboa, right? And what happens is that he actually doesn't go by him or anything. He actually going to play in behind him. And you could say, all right, well, Sleaze is right next to that guy, right? Actually, it's not Sleaze because Sleaze is right in the it's middle. Gregerson. It's actually Gregerson is pointing in yeah. the back. And the guy who's supposed to be with him is Saba, right? Do you want Saba tracking that guy into the back corner? No, right? So in my opinion, so you might say, okay, Stian's got to do a better job of recovering over there quicker, right? But at the end of the day, what, what should be happening is once that ball is successfully played, now you've put Saba and Stian in a bad position because he has all day to pick up his you know, head and find that run. So now you're going to ask Saba to track that guy. He, Saba, was when that ball was made, was basically in the center circle, right? And so he's already recovered 15 yards, and now you're going to ask him to track another 30, right? You don't want that. Yeah. Why do you want Saba tracking 50 yards back into our, well, our, and to, our corner? And to your point earlier, you were saying Saba should have been back earlier, but he wasn't because Lennon was marking that guy. Yeah. Right? So had 
had Saba been back earlier, right, then none of this would be. So if Lennon had, and you're making an absolutely good point here. So part of defending is by closing players down early, you signal to the other players the decisions, right? right? So what happened here is because he was inside, he didn't, signal to Saba that he said he did signal to Saba that I have that guy yeah, so now, Saba wasn't marking him and now he's running out there and Saba's like oh I gotta get this guy so you've now had to make a switch mm. yeah. right and whenever you make a switch so this is what offenses want offenses want defenders switching all the time and let, let's right? just this is such a moment <laughs> here because had Le Lennon been a little further out Saba would have read this earlier and been here Five seconds ago. Yeah, I think it would have been sleaze, but I, I actually would like to see Saba up the field because what I would like to see is on that 60-yard ball, I would like to see Lennon coming up and heading it to Saba and away we go on a counterattack. That's what I want to see. Right? We had Not only do we not do we get killed and give up a goal, but we have no chance to get a counterattack here. Even there's a 60-yard ball over the top. That should be like counterattack city. So if Lennon had won that and headed it one time to Saba and then got on his horse and started running, now we have 2v1, Almada's joining the thing. This is what we're good at. We're really good at this. Yeah. But you have to create those turnovers in a place where they're not ready. So Columbus is pretty committed here, right? They had, as he showed you, they had six across the, yeah. the back and they only have two guys back. So if we can turn them over here, we can absolutely right. kill. There is no way they can handle yeah. Gigi or Amato. So just imagine your mind if Lennon is, is pretty aggressively out right there and they, he lobs that ball out there and heads it up to Saba. Breakaway city. Yeah, then we start running. And then the whole team is running in sync on a counterattack, right? And, you know, what should have happened is if Lennon had been over there, then Sleaze would have taken a look and say, okay, there's a wide open guy there. He would have shifted, right? And then Saba could stay up. Because the other thing that could happen, right, is so let's say, you know, as Yuboa plays it, let's say Saba does make the greatest, you know, tracking run that you've ever seen. And he's a great defender and he comes all the way back and he tracks for 40 yards and he plays it behind him and he wins that on the slide tackle, right? Now he looks up. Who does he have to play to? Oh, there's no one. No one, because he's, again, I've said this over and over on the podcast. It's now Saba playing to Saba. Saba's <laughs> supposed to be up there for an outlet, but Saba's actually tracking in the back. So this is what drives me crazy about the whole system is, you know, Pineda is asking our, our forwards, and he does this for Silva too, to track in behind because of the pinching in. And that means not only do we not get a counterattack, not only do we give them an open play and they get a cross and a goal, but we also, when we win the ball, we can't counter because there's nobody to play to so what ends up happening is if Saba wins that ball right there you know where he's going to play to Guzan he's going to play a yeah. back ball or he's, or he's going to launch it up to to nobody to right ho now. a hopeful GG who yeah if yeah. it's in the right or try spot, to maybe. force so, a crazy ball to yeah. Almada whatever whereas Whereas what should happen is it should be sleaze on that guy. It should be Lennon either winning it off the 60-yard ball over, right? Even if Lennon can't win it, maybe the guy makes an amazing play and heads yeah. it over him or whatever. Then sleaze and Stian are still back. Yeah. I'm with you. So See. now play it. He plays. Pause it. So now that is Saba tracking all the way into our box. Okay, this is not what we want. And Lennon there did nothing. He had no chance to make a play, period. 
right? This is what also frustrates me. If you're yeah. Lennon, you're like, I'm a back. My job is to win the ball, right? How am I supposed to coach? How am I supposed to win that ball? I So far in, I can't get out there. And then I, I can't just leave him wide open. I have to go address it. So I'm in no man's land. He plays behind him. Now I'm just running, running around like a chicken with my head cut off, and I'm not tracking. I'm not winning anybody. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, because this is what I'm really worried about this podcast this year is that this is all we're going to do all year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and this is why, like, like okay, we lost to Columbus, Dave. Yeah, we lost. Is the sky falling because we lost to Columbus? No, Mm-mm. it's the sky is falling because of this. This is why the sky is falling, in my opinion. And you want to maybe ask me why am I optimistic after having watched well, I this? I do. I'm, I'm <laughs> ask really... me that after we finish doing the play. Let's keep going. Okay, cause... now, but so so the other problem of this, we started it at the very beginning, right? Wiley was pinched in when he should have been out on Cucho, right? How, how, how do we go any defensive play and during the entire time... Nobody identifies Cucho Hernandez as attacking threat. Is he any good? <laughs> when they get in the box, is Cucho Hernandez going to end up in the box? Yes. You Every <laughs> single time. Right? Somebody should put a straight jacket on this guy. Woo. So if I were, you know, getting ready for Columbus... Right. I would say, you know, Kucha actually does like to do this. He likes to drop a little bit deep and he orchestrates some. And I would like, we got to take that away. Right. So we got to make sure that Kucha is never going to do that, that he's tracked from the very beginning. Let someone else beat you. Yeah. Right. But yet, so Wiley left him wide open on the outside. And then even as the play develops, Wiley goes sprinting in to make it 3v2 in the middle and leaves Kucha. Look at Kucha right now. You want to talk about the ultimate pinch? Yes. Yeah. What in the God blaze are you freaking doing? <laughs> like, and now now you might say this, this is where people are going to say that's not coaching. That's Wiley being a bad defender. I don't think so. And the reason why I don't think so is because at the start of this play, if you said, so first of all, if he had started out wide right. and then he ran, then, this, he ran then you would be like, dude, what are you doing? Right. That's Wiley's fault. But he started inside the whole time. He stayed inside the whole time. He pinched in the whole side. That's coached. And, it has to be. And not only that, it's like you saw, you see any change with Hernandez or some of the young, younger fullbacks that we have, right. they do the same thing. It happens Because it's coached. Yeah. It's coached. So now when they cross it, <laughs> now the only thing that can save us on this play is they cross it through the six-yard box. And in my opinion, I'm saying if Cohen's in goal, does he stop this cross? I yes. think yes. Right yes. right there. That's that, A younger body gets down A younger that. Guzan stops that cross. A younger Guzan stops that. I mean, come on. Now, if, if Guzan doesn't even touch that, it looked like it was going to even go wide. Yeah, uh, it probably would have run probably out been no goal. So he actually put it back in play for Kuche to be there and get a sitter. Yeah. But in... In any not not Guzan's fault per se, no. but right. a younger right. Guzan right. or a Cohen save that goal. What I would say there is a classic thing that we saw all last year too, which is it wasn't Guzan's fault. But did Guzan have a chance to bail up the defense? Absolutely, yeah. he did. Did he bail him out? No, right. So not his fault, but he didn't bail him out either. Man, that's easy. Oh, so right. that is a double pinched in goal. Yeah, right. And and here's my question to you all, right? How many players got beaten on that play? Did anybody get dribbled by? No, like Lennon, like you said, Lennon's like, what am I doing here? 
Did anybody get run by for pace? I mean, the guy ran away from Saba, but Saba Saba's was trying to chase him from 15 him. yards behind him. He started him. from the midfield. Yeah, right. So he had that one all day. He actually caught up to the guy. <laughs> but, but he was trying to track him from in the center circle. Right. Right? Right. Did any of our center backs have a chance to make that play? Did our center backs know who they really should have been marking given the signals of the people in front of them? No. No. I mean, it, I, so what's supposed so, to happen so, is they're supposed to signal to everybody else. They get it closed down initially, and then everybody else can make decisions. So in the simplest terms, Dave, if Wiley goes out and marks Cucho, Lennon goes out wide and marks whoever that was, was it Yaboa. Yep. Everybody's accountability starts to square up. Yes. It, it's the same as you're, you don't like zone defense on goal uh, on corner kicks because right. there's a lack of accountability right nobody is going nobody's going to be harsh on a player who makes a mistake right. you know what i mean like had lennon lennon known like that brings the ball down and that's dribbles his guy by lennon. like like it, right. it, it, that so happens so be it um let's but, let our players get beat at let's least. let our players get beat at least. <laughs> and this is why i say it's tactics right because you cannot look at any player on that field and say they actually didn't get their job done. Yeah. They, nobody had a chance to make that play. They scored a goal where nobody had a chance to make a play, and that happens to us all the time. That is tactics because your tactics are supposed to make it where they have to go through as many of your defenders as possible. You want to make it not just one, but you want to make it two and three players that have to get beat. And then if they do that, if Messi dribbles by two guys, you tip your hat and say, okay. Okay. So I'm like, let's just get to it because I'm really scratching my head here. <laughs> Carmen, I, are, are you are you waiting for the optimism here like I, I am? Like, I, I haven't heard it. I'm I looking it. forward to this. I, I love it. Yeah. I need it, Dave, right now because... <laughs> I need to get out of the purgatory of me doing this podcast, investing my time, yep. and having everybody hate me for being a realist yep. because of you. Basically because of you. Because I see the pinching. I see the airplanes now. Oh. I can't unsee it. So what are you seeing, Dave, that oh. makes us believe? Well, what I see is, so first of all, I don't, I don't see the airplanes. So that means that we've had, we typically have three guys back. Yeah. So we, not only did we have pinching in, but you know, last year, a lot of times in previous, the year before, even more, we had a times two in the back. And when you have two in the back, sometimes they would get a counterattack and they would just get goals straight even through the middle because we had nobody back. I mean, I remember remember there was a corner kick that we had offensively and they ran straight down yes. the field because nobody was back. I mean, yes. it was like, oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, so, so first of all, we're not going to give up those goals because we have three guys in the back. So that's a plus. Okay. And on top of that, Right, Sleaze actually was sitting mostly defensively in the middle. We never had the other thing that we happened a lot last year is we would lose the ball in the attacking third. And that midfield we had, so at times last year, I mean, we pointed this out, right? Do you remember the times when we had Muyamba, Josetu, and Almada all in the box at the same time? And then they headed it out and they turned around and like, Oh, is somebody supposed to still be in our midfield? Yeah. Right? And what I would say is Sleaze looked to me like, first of all, he tended to stay back. Yeah. And he's reading it. So I also don't think that we're going to have situations where we're going to have nobody back in the midfield. So those are already two, two big pluses. And 
And Sleaze actually can read it. So there are going to be times when he's going to intercept the ball. And when he does that, we're going to score even more goals off of that. Yeah. Okay. So the only thing that we have that's still really a huge problem is the pinching in. Yeah. So that's awful. And it's killing me too. Yeah. But, but Columbus is really good at taking advantage of that. Some of the other MLS teams are not so good. Oh, and I- they're not going to take advantage of it as much. Like I, I agree. I mean, Atlanta United is too good. Not we're going to have some stellar games, especially yeah. in Mercedes Benz. Yeah. We're going to crush some teams. Yes, I am already seeing that. Yes, but so does, that's optimistic. But it's optimistic. <laughs> but I like it. I but, like it. But don't you think we're still going to finish fifth at best? Well, that was your original <laughs> prediction, right? So has actually, this, has this has this realization changed your prediction on fifth? Wasn't that your was it fifth no, or sixth? But actually, not because of the way you're thinking. Um, so. I would have said yes. I would have said Sleaze and Stian already from the beginning one. And it's yeah. the caveat. It's one game. <laughs> but if they play this way over and, and presumably even get better as they get yeah. more comfortable, I would have said, A, I would immediately upgrade us to the top four. Because even with the horrible mm. tactics, they're good enough to cover enough of it, enough of the bullshit yeah. and cover it. And then we have... We have Almada and Gigi still, right? Yeah, but we're going to be missing. I mean, Almada's gone for at least six games, oh, right? Oh, is that the reason you're not taking him to four? So that's why. <laughs> and, and you know what? I'm even more. I mean, that's best case scenario, Dave. No, you know what's also bad? Oh, jeez. What, what I've just figured out, which I hadn't thought about at all. Yeah. I had completely forgotten. You know who qualified for the European Championships? Greece. Uh, oh, You know who's the captain of no. Greece? I, I couldn't guess. Gigi. <laughs> Gigi is the captain of Greece. No. You know who's going to miss a month in the middle of the season? Gigi. Oh. Are we going to be able to score without Almada and Gigi? No. No. <laughs> oh, my. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow, wow. Yeah. And look. June 14th to July 14th, European Championships. Yeah. And look, this is oh. not for once. And then there's like some buildup. He has to leave earlier to get, you know, so obviously Greece is not going to be in it until the final probably. But <laughs> Jinx does probably. But, but he's got to go for at least a couple weeks to train with the team beforehand. So is it Pineda's fault that Gigi and Amad are going to be gone for these windows? No. No. But is it Pineda's fault that he doesn't have a plan B? Well, yeah, but not only does he not have a plan B, but the other thing is you would say, all right, okay, you can survive that because when we're here, we have such a good team. You just rack up points. And even if you slip a little bit while those guys are, you know, maybe you get a few ties when they should have been wins or whatever when he's gone or whatever. But um, the problem is if if you're pinching in and you're giving up crap goals because of that, Right then, when Gigi leaves for a month, right, right you've already dropped a point here and there yeah. because of a crap goal that you gave up. And you know, because l- of that. Let's be fair. Like, I mean, that game should have been three or four, nothing. Like, I mean, they missed some really easy opportunities, Columbus. So, what did we show in terms of real chances on goal? Though I felt like it was really not exciting in the area of the game. We should have been exciting on with with everybody healthy you know and i get it. it's to me the first that's where i do give a pass first game of the season amada is back from flying in from a airplane trip he's our creative guy um but man it does have me worry that we're not also maximizing those top four dave um where if you throw all action moyamba in there that's uh that's five five players that are attacking well okay, overlapping so- wiley i didn't see anything that really gave me like man we're really we we've got a plan to serve balls into Yakamakis. We've got a plan 
to make sure that Almada gets a lot of really good shots on goal. I didn't see any of that. Almada had a had a had a really good look. One really good look. And I Gigi remember he had one really good look, right? It wasn't a ton, but they had a good look. I mean, there was one Gigi. I mean, even Almada's, the, Almada's shot, which ended up being like low on the ground, like wasn't. Yeah, what, he, he wasn't, totally missed hit it. Totally missed hit it. The but, one where the, I think it came off the goalkeeper, and Gigi had the rebound, mm-hmm. and he thought he had put it away. And the goalkeeper came and made. Oh, it was a bit lucky, but yeah, he, yeah, I mean, that he, was a goal for yeah, sure. It was a goal for sure, right? That that's one. The expected goals had yeah. to have been super high, the, and Gigi fin. He, he put it away yeah. for sure. And then the other one that was uh, Almada bent one in the far post, and their defender hit it. You know, just outside the six, he flicked it with his head. The goalkeeper yeah. was completely beaten. That was right. Was that the side volley thing, or what was that? Uh, I, I think he just bent it. Just, oh, I remember the side volley you're talking about. Yeah, the side volley that that dropped to Gigi, and he never got the side volley off because yeah. the defender came in and made somebody else hit it off somebody. Yeah. But anyway, so my, there was a couple like my flashes. point about that being that we didn't actually play that well offensively, and that's again I think a detriment to our tactics because yeah. when you go in Columbus, this is a very good team. If you're going to create things, you've got to turn the ball, ball over ahead, of, you know, somewhere right. up the field. And you would say, look, Nogby and Aiden Morris are great. They don't turn the ball over. But you have to do it sometimes, and that's what we're talking about, the tactics. We're not having the tactics to turn them over ahead of time. And that's why we didn't really have that many chances. That being said, even with how poorly we played overall, right, those we still could have had a couple of goals, Right, because those guys are so good. Yeah, no, right? I, I hear you. And But what I'm worried, too, is like there's at least going to be four to six games where they're not there to be so good. They're just not going to be yeah, here. That's yeah, okay? so, so that's why a, I don't have a, us in the a, top A, you point. have that. Oh. B, you have a very tough tactic that's not happening, which is our two center backs do not have the narrative to mark up and be accountable for their two guys which then allows wiley and lennon to get out wide so the pinching is going to continue why do you think what do you see as any sort of potential change continue yeah well unless there's an arrows compoyo incident with stian i mean stian might just literally go to go to Pineda and be like what the f are we doing here why don't you let us defend right why is lennon holding my hand i don't need him holding my hand Mm -hmm. right i am good enough yeah. Let me play. Yeah. And that's, to be honest, that's what happened with Miles. And that's why I think he's in Cincinnati and not yeah. here because he was getting frustrated at the end. Yeah. And, and I think you can already see it in the first 23 minutes. So, <laughs> And hopefully it, hopefully this is right. Miles, that was maybe maybe he's too young and, and not as assertive to maybe say, why is, why is Lennon or whomever not out wide? Uh-huh. Gregerson's going to say it and say what the and problem is. he came is. from Europe and he's, you know, right. he's 28 and years old and he's probably like, um... So there's hope, I guess, there, right? Maybe? Yeah, yeah. actually, I think if you're an Atlanta United fan, you know, I mean, who knows how it will go down. <laughs> he could get benched and then it's really bad. But um, I could see Pineda doing that. No. Yeah. Really? If he has a fight with him, yeah, if he, he has a fight with tactics, him, I think Pineda's, I think that's how that guy is. I really, I don't yeah. think he'll take the feedback. And no. then put in Abram, whatever It'll his name Abram. is, and Williams. Yeah. I think Pineda's really good no. at the fake locker room nope, nope. kumbaya <laughs> stuff. Nope. And but he's it, insecure. He's insecure. That's the problem. Exactly. He doesn't have enough confidence to know that he's right. And so if somebody is like, uh, you know, when. Um, when I, Martinez I, had the arrows come podium on it, that was coming because Martinez, I, I think, was critical of some of the. He, here's a, here's a perfect example. I think 
Pineda is smart enough to realize mm-hmm. he should give Cohen the starting role. Okay. But it's too much mm-hmm. of a chicken shit to do it. I concur with that assessment. And that's, that's, I mean, that's part of the problem. Like this is his first coaching job, right? This is like Atlanta yeah. United is his first like real. Uh-huh. And so I'm not saying like, I wouldn't like, I, I have empathy for, for that. Right. So I, I say this with just me being a podcast person, saying he's a chicken shit, but I think that in hindsight, he'll look back and say, probably should have started Cohen at the very, you know, I don't yeah. know. We'll see what the runway I mean, is here. Like maybe Dave's not wrong. Maybe game one, that's right. fine. But at some point in the very near future, we better start seeing Cohen uh-huh. or he's being a chicken. And so, I think he would admit it too. Cause he, at some point, I, I don't know. I'm not at practices either. We're none of us no, are at practices. No, so, but I get it. That decision, that one's tough. Like I, I think most people to sit Guzan yeah. going to be hard. But to pull a central defender because he disagrees with you? Now, granted, we have seen it happen yeah. from Pineda. I'm not saying that he wouldn't do it. Like, I'm not yeah. 100%. But I think he knows his job is on the line. He's got to win. You cannot, I mean, at least from what I've seen, the guy is good, better than, how do you say, Abram, Abram, Abram. Yeah. And, well, you know, so I feel like as a central defender, you got to keep him. And even if he steps to him, it's like, this makes no sense. He might not change it. Yeah. I can't see him sitting in. Well, I mean, we know that Joseph Martinez was better than Miguel Barry. Oh, well. And yeah. he and he was stubborn enough <laughs> yeah. because of you the conflict there. You make good that points. That's how Pineda is. He's insecure. Oh, dang it, Dobbs. You make if, a good if point. If there's a bulldog fight, he's going to be like, you know, I, I'm, the, I'm the coach, man. Oh, and, you're right. God, and he can't it. manage it the right way. Maybe Carmen, you can pull up the when we gave up the penalty kick. Okay, because I think see. we can talk about to talk about Williams. But I, 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 you know, I agree with everything you guys are saying. That, um, you know, um, but I'm optimistic because if you solve a bunch of the things, which I think certainly are 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 midfield. You know, one of the things that was interesting <laughs> is that we could understand is that. I'm like, why does Pineda never play with two defensive midfielders, especially on the road? Like he had at times, you know, at the beginning of last year, we had Abara and Sosa. He could have played with both of them, mm-hmm. right? And we just had no defensive presence. And he felt like, okay, at most I can play one and it ended up being Josette who doesn't even play defense, right? Yeah. So, um, but now, <laughs> I don't know whether it's just because he thinks they're better players, but we're kind of playing with two defensive midfielders. Yeah. At least Muyumba plays some defense, and yeah. Sleaze is a true defensive midfielder, yeah. right? So we're playing with two defensive oh. midfielders. That is a huge change, right? Because honestly, we don't need... We don't need Jose to or Ibarra going forward. Yeah. We have Almada, Gigi, yeah. Silva, Saba... I, and I, <laughs> I think I think that's more naturally sorting itself because Moyama knows he can't go crush Almada's space. He's got to let him have some of that all around area, and and maybe he can just sit behind him a little bit more. So I love the idea that you know if Muyamba gets a real more freedom role and it really can be all action, he can be even better than he was. Yeah. And you won't have what I was worried about is the fans getting on Muyamba because defensively his his awareness is not good. Not awareness, but like. In close action, like he can win a ball, and yeah. he, he's got the skill to quickly, quickly get it to Almada, which is what really you want. Good outlet passes. He makes really good sure. outlet passes, mm-hmm. right? So, if uh, if you've got you know Bartos Slees behind cleaning things up, I think that's it's. it's and I'm going to say one other thing, which I don't think I've ever said. Ooh, mm. <laughs> Ooh. I thought the subs were terrific. I thought absolutely Look that we made this. the right sub. So first of all, in the second half, we were a, we were a lot better. I remember Wolf coming in for Silva. Yeah, so Silva didn't play that well, and he brought on Wolf, and I yeah. thought the change of sure. pace was great. And Wolf 
makes sense out there. Yeah. And that was sort of a like for like, but it's a guy, Wolf, who I think in the last 10 minutes can really play that yeah. role. Yeah, I mean, the stats say he's got, per minute, the best score <laughs> <Yes>. stats in, <laughs> and in the league. I think w- the moments that we saw Wolf start, which was occasionally, he just didn't look that good. Yeah. He really, I think, looks good when the defenders are a little tired and he's yeah. just buzzing around. Yeah, and he should have confidence. He's playing well. So yeah. I like that. And then the other thing is he brought off Muyumba and he brought on Fortune. Okay, so he actually went yeah. in the end. You know, it's funny. We're, we're chasing the game. We're down one yeah. nothing, and, 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 and he actually went to more defensive in the midfield because I think Fortune, to be honest, is a little bit more of a defensive yeah. midfielder. And we didn't have Mascara to bring in, which would have been maybe a good Saba sub for yeah. some energy the last yeah. 15 minutes, 20 minutes so of the game. I actually am going to disagree with you. You know, you were talking earlier about how, you know, maybe we don't have any depth. Um, you know, I love... McCarty as a depth guy. I love. I think Fortune as a depth guy. If he's not starting, if he's coming in last twenty minutes and bringing some of the energy, great. I think Wolf in that role. I mean, I think you're right in that. Over a month, if we don't have a striker, then we got a problem because we don't have a lead the line kind of striker. But I do love our depth at the moment in terms of you know we haven't seen Firmino yet, who I think can probably yeah. do some things. Last ten minutes, we have actually. Mascara, Firmino, Wolf. We have some guys who can change the game in yeah. the last 10 minutes like, in I, that role. I like all those guys. I yeah. don't, I, I the, but the problem I have with those guys, I like them as the last 20 minute players. Right. I agree. So we're going to go through long windows though, Dave, if they have to be doing 90 minutes. Okay. So now that brings us to something we haven't discussed, right? So our backup striker, Jamal Tiare. Tiare. Do you know what happened to Tiare? No. I know he was not available. Right, what happened? Tiare. What? Uh-oh. what happened? He's in the concussion protocol for something he got into in practice. Uh, Does that surprise anybody with Tiare? And, <laughs> and for, the, for the listeners. He ran into something where he got a concussion in practice. How many guys get a concussion in practice? <laughs> I've, had, I've had one in practice. <laughs> yeah, well, that also yeah, makes that sense. Makes a lot that of makes sense. There you go. Come on. <laughs> But Tiare, the walking red card guy, happened to somehow manage to get himself a concussion in practice. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh Okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I I agree with you. I don't think Tiare. But, you know, the thing about it is, um, you know, here's, you know, we have a little bit of flexibility. Like, you know, people are like, well, what happens if Gigi goes down? If Gigi goes down, to me, the obvious thing is that Silva plays the leading line guy i think he can do that absolutely he's that kind of a player and then you just bring in an, uh, a, either a mascara or a wolf as the other winger so yeah. i don't think you know i think that the the backup striker is already on the field as a winger hmm. okay do you think if he sees him that way now problem i, I with was Pineda just percent <laughs> agree with you can i just say something i just I don't think like... he sees that nor I... do our fan base they're like <laughs> He's not a striker. You could never play Silva up there. That's not his position, Dave. I feel like Dave just looked into your eyes and saw you about to say what you yeah. <laughs> these, these are the people I'm up against. Of course Silva can be productive up there if, if the need. Because like, the other choice is we get a guy go in and get a red card. <laughs> I love Tiari. That's yeah. uh, a walking red well, card. We haven't really seen him. In a lot of games, no. as no, a we starter. don't know. So he's we, a total walk guy. We know we, we he runs like, fast. Again, we know he's big, and we yeah. know he's angry. So we like to, we like to jo- <laughs> I like it. I like we it. like to joke on this podcast a little bit. And and to be fair to to, to him, 
maybe we could see something different. But uh, yeah, we need to see it first. I mean, in his very was it his very first game or his second game when he he came chasing back, fouled the guy. The referee said played on. Chased the next guy down, fouled the guy. Referee said yeah. played on. Ran, fouled the third guy. Referee said played on. I'm like. And all of those fouls were yellow even, cards. Like, I yeah, they were all of them. yellow cards. <laughs> <laughs> the like, what? Uh, so where are we pivoting? Anything else on this uh, Columbus game? Yeah, I want to see the, do you have the clip? I think, I think this is it. So let's see here. Okay. Okay, so this is what I want to see. So freeze it right. I mean, it's frozen, right? So, I mean, obviously, so Wiley... Is a little um, caught being a little bit aggressive, right? But Williams here, right, to me shows an absolute horror not reading the game, right? Because what he's going to do is he's eventually going to try to step up and catch him offside, right? So basically they have, just for those of you who are listening on the podcast, Columbus has the ball, um, you know, in their right corner, about equivalent to the top of the 18, something like that. Is You wouldn't think this is a dangerous situation. And he's under a lot of pressure, right? And we have it marked up in the middle. So you would say, look, this is a great situation. We can get a counterattack. And so what it forces Columbus to do is he's just going to hoof it up the field, right? So my problem here is if you're the left center back and the guy hoofs it from 18-yard box, and again, he's going to play a 40, 50-yard ball, whatever it is, Right. In my opinion, you should be reading that. And, you know, you can start by looking across the line and seeing if a guy is about to run off sides and let him go if they do. But he's not trying to do that. He's going to run up. He's waiting and try to field. catch him offside. And I think he's even on his own half. Of he's the on his own half. So there is no there's that can't be done. Yeah. But my point is that what he should be doing is just reading that and he should just drift over and that long ball, he should come over and I got this. Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. And the guy's at a starting line. He's waiting. He's he's absolutely trying not to be offside. So there is no catching it at this point. So I really, I don't mind Wiley there. He's being very aggressive. He's out there and he's being aggressive. That's what you want for your left back. And it's, you know, it's pressure cover, right? So that guy, Wiley goes, you know, to make it hard try to get a steal, yeah. right? And then Williams is responsible for that ball over the top covering him. And Williams just is like, has no idea that it's coming. Yeah. Like, if I were a center back, I'd be like, I know what he's going to do. He's about to kick it really long. So yeah. play the clip. Okay. Yeah, he's running into no, man. I just, I mean. That's... And now pause it. Okay, now the other thing that you'll notice. That was, right? that, that was somewhat sadly comical. Yeah, it was horrible. And the other thing you'll notice is that it's three v one. That's like the three amigos, like at the moment. <laughs> and Williams can't even catch him. You know who catches him is Stian. If you know, if you go back in that yeah. clip, he was way further away, right, than Williams was, right. And watch Williams, watch uh, Stian Gregerson catch him from behind. I mean, look at the pace he's showing compared to yeah. us. He runs right by Williams. Yeah. And he, he did throw an elbow in the back. I thought it was a good call in the PK. Um, there's, you know, anytime you, you lean into the numbers in the back. and The right attacker there, did a really good job. Yeah, you slow down, you win that him. all day. That's yeah. an easy PK to get. I mean, you just you can just hit the brakes there and just make sure, that, you know, it's behind the and shoulder. And most of the casual fans it's are going to brain Wiley there. They're like, Wiley got beat by this guy one-on-one. Yeah, well, no, he didn't. He's supposed to have 
protection and coverage from Williams. Yeah. What in the world was Williams doing on that yeah. play? But I a hundred. I mean, you gotta drop back and just like that's the easiest thing to yeah. drop back in and just you trap that ball, you recycle it back. To be honest with you, it was played. You know, basically only like five six yards off off the ground. What he yeah. should have done is just intercept it. And we should be going the other yeah, way. That's what I'm saying. Like that's that's going the other way type of soccer right there. Yeah. If you you're in the right spot. Like thank you very much. You guys did a good yeah. job. You pressured it. You forced him to kick the ball aimlessly yeah. up the field. Now I'm gonna win it. Yeah. I mean, again, to your point, Wiley sent the right message to Derek to be in a better, you know. And at the beginning of that play, you back. can see he's just not reading it. He was over in the center of the field yeah, when Greg, they're in the left corner. Gregerson, he should have been shifted over. Gregerson clearly had Cucho, whoever that yeah. was, at the top of the circle. I mean, it's... Yeah. Again, like, what are you doing? That doesn't bode well. No, it doesn't. Right? It didn't read the game. There's a reason, I think, why that guy's kind of a journeyman. But we don't know anything player. about tactics, even though we keep saying it's tactics on this podcast. Like, <laughs> yes, that's... An individual player's fault. Yeah, that's a player's fault. That's a player's that, fault. That, you can't blame that on Pineda. Can't blame you that just on be Pineda. Like, he sucked. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't I don't blame it on Pineda. There you go. Um Yeah, there's, yeah, a, that's there's, just, there's just nothing no tactical awareness. about that. No. No. You have your two center backs up yeah. on Kucha. You don't need two center backs there. That's Derek Williams, you're the furthest player back. You, oh, Wiley's out here covered, so he's not gonna be able to pass it directly to him. There's only one other place it can be, which is in between. So make sure you're just dropping back and taking care of that. And be like, bring that to me all day long. I'm confident enough in my my abilities to take the ball that's going to go slotted through or over the top. If you're a youth player out there and you listen to the podcast and you're watching this or whatever, you know, you should never be just flat watching the game, right? So you always need to be shifting five, six yards, you know, constantly moving. And what you see there, what he should have been doing is saying, look, they're in the right corner. I'm going to just shift over a little bit, constantly moving, moving a little bit so that when that ball plays, it's easy. Yeah. Right? He was just like switched off. He was like watching the game, switched off, and then he's, oh, he's about to kick it. Oh, okay, uh, 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 maybe I'll step up. Like, it was clear that he was switched off. Right. And when yeah. you, because he's like, oh, they're in their far corner. You cannot switch off. This is, this is a tough game. And even if they're in their back corner, you got to be, you don't need to be like doing crazy things, but just, you know, shifting your, 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 your weight a little bit, you know, jogging yeah. over a little bit. Cause at the end, ball side. Cause at the end of the day, that was 3v1 because Cucho is dropping back. Yeah. He's going, he's dropping back deep. And so Gre- he's like, we're screwed. He has no outlet. Gregor's yeah. is like, right. I got him. Right. He's like, make sure you drop back and make sure nothing goes behind here. Mm-hmm. And there it goes. He was even pointing at yeah. the beginning of that play. Yeah. He's like, I'm here. You're here. He was clearly saying something yeah. to him. Mm-hmm. And woo, yeah. nothing. So Steon looks to me promising. Yes. Williams, not so much. Yeah. So is that? Do you think that there's going to be a return of Abram then? I don't know. Abram's not any better. I know. Well, do you? Th- I think he might be a little better. But a I'm little, not sure. a little better. <laughs> I feel sure. like. I, I mean, we've only got one game. We don't know. Yeah. yeah. We don't know. We don't know. We, we don't know. judging him for extra for one game, but. All right. What next? I mean. Let's talk, you know, you want to talk a little bit about more globally, the inner game. Well, I want to talk about that. We just recorded a new intro, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. So expect that either at the beginning of this podcast. I I hope we could fit it in. Maybe not. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to see if I can. And uh, what else? Uh, Some international soccer. You want to talk about the Miami? Yeah. Did you watch the inner Miami game? I watched uh, the highlights. Okay. Uh, Did you see what Messi did? Yeah. Messi looks like Messi. 
But did, Pretty much. Did you yeah. see the one where the defender fell down <laughs> and he's just running full speed and he just flipped it over Literally. full speed? I missed that. Oh my god. It was ridiculous. So so <laughs> so the defender this falls down right the at the eighteen. It should have been the highlights, maybe but maybe we weren't focused on it because because you're watching Messi. <laughs> but anyway, um, so the ball gets clicked in and it gets cleared and it ends up the, the goalkeeper makes a really bad out and kicks it right to Messi, right? So Messi gets it. He looks up, maybe thinks about shooting. He shifts it to his left foot because that's yeah. what he likes to do. And then the defender comes over and he starts dribbling to the left. From the previous play, one of their players is down and as he's running full speed, he actually is like, there is a player down. He's about to run right into him. He just full speed just, just flips it over him like like inches above the guy's body and just moves like, like he just butter. ran like nothing like nothing was in the way. I was like, are you kidding me? What, what, is he that made the- that look so easy. Yeah, like where you barely saw oh. the guy that was on the ground. It was it was amazing. And what, who was it? One of y'all sent Ridiculous. the the thing on Twitter where the guy was like, "Me being a cone for me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, but I will say the first goal that Miami got, man, that was some shambolic. That was some absolutely that was some shambolic. Goal I mean, I at like youth level, you're like, mm. what? What just happened? Like, I, <sighs> I couldn't believe that guy let that shot go in. Yeah, oh. it did not look like professional goalkeeping. It to did me. not. It did. Real Salt Lake's keeper is he had a tough one there. Not yeah. Okay. So, but okay. So, so Inter gets Inter Miami gets it done. Yeah. I don't think they looked awesome but they you know the thing is that's the thing about miami they don't have to look awesome yeah. because suarez and and messi just you know one or two good but plays and and they're suarez good particular looks all of whatever he is 37 38 though oh he didn't look yeah. good he 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 still scored a lot of goals in brazil i don't think he's going to score a lot of goals yeah. for okay. miami that's that was my big takeaway from the miami game is that suarez and granted it's the first game i just don't see him being on fire so where do you think miami finishes then uh, I still, f- I feel like at this point in the second, yeah. in that, you know, second, first, third, I don't know. I would the have top put three. them more like three, you know, I hmm. think ultimately, be- so, so if Messi and Suarez play the entire year, you have all those guys, Jordi Alba, Messi, Suarez, Busquets, they play the entire year, nobody gets hurt, then I would have probably had him second or first. Yeah. But I just think that that's unlikely. I think that's There's too many matches. So I would have said that the, the two teams that are strong enough to stay above them yeah. are Cincinnati and Columbus. Yeah. And Columbus is the class of the whole thing. There's nobody going to touch them. Well, like I said, my prediction, if I'm my memory serves correctly, I think I predicted Atlanta United to be fourth. Yeah, I think you did have. Mm-hmm. And then okay. we had it just below we, that at five or six. Right. Right? Yeah, you, yep. were, you guys were five or six, I yeah. think. Are we good enough to be third? But given, yeah, of course. The, yeah, of course we are. But given the scenario of Amada and Gigi being out during those windows, uh, yeah. that uh, immediately almost yeah. takes my fourth position and does bring it back to fifth or sixth. That's which means, <laughs> is the sky falling? Yes, the sky is falling because we're going to land right back where we were last yeah. year, entering the playoffs at five or six. I actually think, you know, if you look at Columbus versus us in this first game, that to me looked like the two most talented teams in all of MLS, period. Yeah. Right? Hmm. In terms of the teams on the field, okay. those are the two best teams, period. We should be fighting with Columbus the whole way. Am I okay if ultimately Columbus nips us to the supporter shield and we finish second? Absolutely. You know, fine. You know, that can happen. They're a great team. We're a great team. Am I okay with us losing one nothing there? Sure. Right. 
But the thing is, I don't see us fighting with Columbus for a supporter shield, and that's where we should be. Mm -hmm. If we had a better, it looked like to me, I was laughing. I was like, two amazing teams, one great coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I'm not saying Pineda is a horrible coach, but he's nowhere in that league. And that team has getting as much out of the talent as they can get out. If you look now with our upgraded midfield, I think our forward line is better than theirs. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. I actually think that Gigi is as good as better as Cucho. I think it's a push, whatever. But I think, obviously, with Saba and Silva, and they have no answer to Almada. They don't have an Almada. No. Right? Their midfield was so much better than us in the playoffs. But our midfield is way better now, right, with with Sills and, and, and with Muyamba, right? I still think that Aiden Morris and Nagby are probably a better midfield. But, you know, we, now, we were getting run over by them. I mean, they had they had Nagby and Aiden Morris versus in the Fortune and Jose. Yeah, I mean, playoffs. that was just not even that close. That was not yeah. pretty. Right? But I think now it's a little bit more of a wash, yeah. and even defensively, yeah. right? You know... Um, this last game was all about, to the point, like, it was all tactics. It was not players getting beaten. Right. Other than Derek Williams and that one play with a penalty kick. Yeah. Which is a bonus. But, like, that was... That was the exception to the rule of that game in terms of, again, the pinching in is the big solve. Their center back Camacho is really good, but I think Steon looks like he could be very good. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really see us. I think, I think talent wise, we're very similar and I might say we're better because they have no answer yeah. for Almada. We have what I think is the best player in the league. Yeah. Right. And yeah. when you're that, that should be the difference but maker. He, this is what I'm also worried about, Dave. If you had an Almada, would you have a system that's des designed to run through Almada? What are you yes. seeing? What are you seeing from Pineda? What do you think he's trying to do, or what he's not doing at all to have this team run through Almada? Who, by all accounts, to your point, I think is the best player in the MLS. He's a player when, as soon as you guys watch him on TV, everybody that that guy's head is up and looking. It's on a swivel. Mm -hmm. That's rare for a young player like that with that much skill on the ball to be. Looking alert and then just keeps it glued to his feet, doesn't make dumb mistakes, doesn't give it up, and then he, he's very decisive. Like if it comes to him, he he can make that penetrating pass. Like there was one in that game where he like when he played it back door, yeah. He played it back door uh, to somebody uh, who was it was Silva. it was yeah. a hair it was a hair light, yeah. But it was still a brilliant mm -hmm. ball. Like yep, if it had like a yard more on pace, Silva may have gotten in on stride. But man. Without him, what, what do we have? Like, wh what are we designing through him? No, and I think, you know, the whole rest of the team's job should just be to try to turn it over as much as possible and get it to him or, or get it to him either primarily or secondarily. Yeah. Like Columbus, because they're well coached, has a guy on him all the time, right? So a lot of times when we started to get going, we, he wasn't really available because they had a guy marking him, which is fine. What should happen, as we were talking about on that clip that we gave up a goal, Right, what should be is that easy outlet to Saba. Now Saba's running in space, and now you got to shift over, and you can find Almada with the second ball, and then forget it. Mm. Right? Yeah. You know, we have guys in Saba and Silva and, and Gigi up top who can hurt you, even if you can't get Almada the ball right away. We have other players he can combine with. So all you have to do, all you have to do, is get it organized and get it turned over a little bit somewhere up the field, and they will score bucket loads yeah. of goals. So it has nothing that the... So if, if I can just... And I won't try to put words in your mouth, but just for simplicity of the listeners, again, the offense begins with the defense. 
on being able to be well positioned where again, everybody knows what their assignments are. Yep. And by winning your assignments, the ball is going to move very quickly back up to the most talented players on Atlanta United's team, which are Silva, Saba, obviously Almada and Gigi, right? Yep. So the sooner you get it to those, those feet, especially when there's any sort of gap, especially in the, in the clip that we are looking at early where they end up getting the goal. Mm-hmm. If we get that, going the other direction mm-hmm. that's where the magic and happens. the reason why i'm optimistic is because even though we have the stupid pinching in because we have at least three guys back and because we have sleaze and muyamba what you'll see against the weaker teams is sleaze and muyamba are going to turn people over in the midfield and when they do that amada is going to take care of the rest yeah we're going to you when you see goals you're going to see it i mean this is true in all of soccer now Goals are not scored primarily. I mean, it happens every once in a while where you break a team down. The vast majority, over half the goals, even probably close to 70, maybe even 80% of the goals are turn are, are turnovers in some situation, yeah. right? You force people to give you the ball. And you need to, A, be able to turn people over, and then you got to have people take advantage of it. A lot of teams don't even have that. So mm-hmm. you can do it all. You know, you're frustrated. Sometimes there's a really good coach, and they're coaching a team. You don't have it. They turn <laughs> the ball over all off the field, and then you're like, we don't get anything from it. And then it's really bad because when you're aggressive like that, you're going to occasionally get beat. You know, the Manchester cities of the world occasionally give up horrible goals. You know, Liverpool too, because when you're aggressive about that and you're trying to turn people over occasionally – you know, you, you'll have a you know, mistake and give up an easy goal. But you do that because you'll score five or six for every one you give up. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. We have that team. We absolutely have that team. And it looks to me like midfield-wise, you know, I said in the preview podcast that we did, the whole thing is going to come down to Sleaze. Right? If Sleaze is legitimate as a defensive midfielder and can turn people over, we are going to be great. If he is not, we are not going to be good. <laughs> because you, you don't need it, absolutely, if you have really good team tactics. But our defensive tactics are woeful. Yeah. They're like the worst in the league. That's why we gave up 53 freaking goals last year and 54 uh, the year before. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's awful. I mean, it's awful. Don't we have to be top four to make sure we have home advantage in the playoffs? Absolutely. You don't yeah. have a chance of winning the MLS Cup. Unless so we have to be fourth. Do you think we're going to be fourth, Dave? That was my prediction. And and I would have said... And now you know, I'm worried about it, but... After seeing Sleaze and then one game, and Steon, because we also didn't know what our, what our center backs were going to look yeah. like, I would have said, absolutely yes. I would have said, immediately, let's upgrade us to third or fourth. The problem being, we have so many situations where we know Wiley's going to be gone, Almada's going to be gone for the Olympics, Gigi. right? Gigi's going to, and Almada actually might be gone for the Olympics Twice. and Copa America, right. which would be a huge problem. And if Gigi goes, which he's going to for the European Championships. So is, is what's the timeline of Olympics versus Copa America? They are basically back to back. So which is first? Uh, Copa America is in June, right? Copa America is first. Copa America first, then Olympics. So Correct. we could have like eight weeks without Tiago Mata, our best player. We are nothing yes. without him. I'm sorry. I agree. So if he's in Copa America, I mean, it's basically our whole season. So the Olympics is from late July to early August, and the European champion—I mean, the European Championships and the Copa America are both before yeah. that. So. 
Now, the one thing is that, you know, there is a flip side to this, right? Um, the Olympics part of it, where we'll be losing both Almada and Wiley for sure, um, that actually overlaps a fair amount with the League's Cup. So we get a little bit of a reprieve. Okay. So if I were Finita, oh, that's true. I would good actually call just out. good call out. Just throw the league's cup. Who cares? I'm not right? mad at that. And, and just just rest up. You know, like throw out a bad lineup. Nobody showed up. You know, whatever. Okay. Who cares? You go out first round in the league's cup. <laughs> then everybody rests and whatever. Okay. You're not going to win that anyway so without those guys. This, but I, I really like, let's remember this moment because I, you bring up such a good point there. Like, I, all great coaches have a plan like that. And I want to know if there's an identifiable plan as we go into League's Cup or if he's going to try to say, hey, oh, we're also going to try to win League's Cup. Yeah, because I would have said, look, you know, what, one of the things Pineda has done is he has played really weak lineups in the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah. We lost to Memphis. That's I was right. there last time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, oh, you know, I have another thing I just want to bring up real quick um, in this last game. Did I do? Did anyone here in this podcast be like, "Oh my gosh, the refereeing was horrible in that game"? No, no. I'm just, I'm just like having I a didn't. moment. And, and it was these. Were, we didn't have. We should actually talk about this, but these are these are replacement refs. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I, you yeah, didn't mention uh, that because oh. the MLF's refs are on strike, and yeah. I thought the guy did a terrific job. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I had zero I, comments on the refereeing in that game. I don't. Yeah. Think I, had I, had I had lots of opinions on pinching in. Yeah. but none on the <laughs> he's refereeing. A co- he's a college referee, yeah. and I thought he did a yeah. terrific job. So, so okay. those are who's that's who's stepping in college refs yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of like just yeah refs that never got the shot because of maybe politics or whatever. Some of them will do really good and they'll get immediately hired away and be like, yeah, yeah you should be. <laughs> maybe. Um, anyway, anyway, just a, just a quick observation. Yeah. I thought that was good. Yeah. So the U.S. Got, Open was. Cup, which Pineda has not emphasized at all, we yeah. went out you know early. I would have said if I'm coaching Atlanta United because that's a lot of those things happens before. I would have prioritized that. I'm like, look, you want to win the MLS Cup, you know that's the number one. Right, that's everything, right? But you also want to put yourself in a position where if something goes bad, you get unlucky, you get out in the playoffs, that you have still have a chance to win a trophy. And I would have said the U.S. Open Cup is that trophy because a lot of people are not going to prioritize it with the League's Cup, and a lot of the best teams are playing in the CONCACAF Champions League. There's a lot of competitions now in MLS. Is that And we're not now? playing in any of them. Yes. The, the U.S. Open Cup's MLS is going to participate in for Ah, sure. well, this is what I was just going to say to you. They're still oh, negotiating it. Right. It's still... I think they are in the end, but I don't know. This it's, season, but I don't think... Like, long-term... It sounds like to me like this is one step out the door. Like it'll be this season. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll play just to get away right. with whatever little pressure you want to put on us. But next year, you know me, what's up. You, you know, know what's, what's up. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I'll, I'll stay out of that politics. But if I were Pineda this year, I'd put some emphasis on that. Yeah. Because you'll have your best players in that, and, and a lot of other people will be tired and not playing their best teams. Let's go try to win that. And does winning the U.S. Open Cup also get you into the Concacaf Champions League? It gets you into the the World Club Cup. The World Club Cup, which everybody covets. <laughs> well, <laughs> as I sit here being like the huh? oh, those European clubs well, are like, oh, that's the one we want. <laughs> you get, you know, it's funny because that because that's it's FIFA. Yeah. Um, yeah, they don't want more money for some other fake tournament, but it's mandated. So the yeah, Champions League wiener has to play in that. The and uh, the Copa America, yeah. the Copa Libertadores Cup. You know, the winner has to play in that. Yeah. So you get to play some yeah. 
you know, whoever the... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's great, for, it's great for MLS, but I think yeah. not necessarily great for European clubs that have to, like... But if you're an MLS coach now, which is nice. So so one thing that's been a problem with MLS, I think, from the standpoint is so many teams make... Too many teams make the playoffs, and then only one team wins the, the cup, right? Yeah. So... In the past, there hasn't been that much to play for, but they've suddenly changed all that, right? Because the Champions League has become a real legit tournament. The League's Cup is a legitimate tournament. They still have the U.S. Open Cup. They now have the Supporters' Shield, and they have the League title. There's five trophies to play for for every MLS team. Yeah. So that's that's actually good. I don't. I think I'm just playing devil's advocate, like. I don't know. U.S. Open Cup right now is is tarnished. Like, is that sure? Like it certainly doesn't seem there's any commitment for MLS. Not gonna be tarnished if you win it. We're still gonna be celebrating. That's true. They'll take it. You got Leagues Club. uh, Leagues Cup is only in its second year. Everybody's claiming that's a money grab for MLS and Apple TV. And I think that's a segue to ultimately having a real legit, you know, long term competition between us and Liga Max for sure, which I think is going to be great. And what I don't think it's going to stay in that format forever, but I Mm -hmm. think it's a good segue. I think ultimately that's going to be awesome. Yeah, Supporter Shield matters not. It's the, I mean, it yeah. it should, should be, but it, it should, but it doesn't. I mean, that's Supporter Shield like isn't even real. Like, let's not even talk about the Supporter. Well, Shield. the other thing about the Supporter doesn't Shield, even matter. Like Cincinnati I, were fantastic last year. Yeah. They won the Supporter Shield. Yep. Nobody gives a or the year <laughs> when we won the trip when we won the title and we lost the Supporter Shield on the last day under Tata. Yeah, nobody cared about that because we went and won the title. Exactly, that's right? true. So yes. yeah, I agree with you. I also think that to me, if you're going to have a Supporter Shield, it doesn't make any sense to have a Supporter Shield for the league because they, you only play some random crossover games. There should be a Supporter Shield for each conference. conference. That makes mm-hmm. more sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah, a little more competitive. Like, do something that makes that meaningful. Yeah, because if you're not going to have the supporter shield decide who's the best in the league, yeah. what's the point of having that? I agree. Which is what the coach of Cincinnati basically said. He's like, "We basically won it." <laughs> yeah, because he knew that the yeah. playoffs suck, and you sometimes you yeah. know these things happen. Exactly. And they got against the best team in and the league. And he wasn't Columbus. he wasn't wrong. They were probably were the best MLS team in the regular the season. Full regular so season. So in any yeah. other league in the world, they would have been champions. Yeah. But not in MLS because their rival Columbus got hot, you know. Well, for Nancy, it took him the first third of the season to get his tactics across. They were eh, during that period of time. The rest, and as I kept saying in this podcast over and over, by the time they hit mid middle of the season, they were the best team in the MLS. You did. And they were going to win it. You did. did. You did. (laughs) So, you know. All right. Have we talked about it all? Carmen, what else? I mean, I don't think I have. Thanks for tuning in Thanks again. For- it's, you know, another exciting season. Absolutely. And don't forget to go have a Wild Heaven beer yes. or visit Dahlonega, Georgia for some Wolf Mountain Vineyard. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Take care, everybody. everybody. Take Bye care. Guys. Bye.